Hey, y'all, welcome back as we continue through the book of Amos, and we are on chapter five today. And this is a prophet that God sent to speak a warning to God's people. And he was a farmer that God sent. And we see a lot of symbolism with farming in his warnings as he brings forth God's word to God's people in the warning to seek God, to pursue him and have life. If we seek God, we have life. If we chase after sin, it'll just lead us to destruction and death. And there's no other way to experience a a spiritual blessing from God other than seeking him and his will and chasing after him with all of our guts. And in this chapter, there's there's a call, there's a cry out for God's children to repent and to turn to God and turn from sin and turn to God to accept him as their Lord and to chase after him because judgment was coming and he's warning them over and over again. And we have the same warning for our world today. Jesus is returning and sin will be accounted for and judgment is coming. But if we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and apply his blood, his saving, life-giving blood that he shed on the cross for us to our lives as we live out each day, we are saved. The We are passed over. We are seen as righteous. We are seen as righteous as Jesus as we stand before God and there is no sin to be found. And Amos cries out to Israel and Judah in in pleas and in, in begging and in, in pleading with the people of God to turn to God, to return to the Lord, to turn from their evil, sinful ways, and to choose God, to choose life, and to choose eternity that can only be found in and through God. In verse 1 of chapter 5, Listen, you people of Israel, listen to this funeral song I am singing. The virgin Israel has fallen, never to rise again. She lies abandoned on the ground with no one to help her up. The sovereign Lord says, when a city sends a thousand men to battle, only a hundred will t- return. When a sound, when a town sends a hundred, only ten will come back. And he says there's, there's basically a 90% casualty rate, but he, he's, he's promising there is a restoration. There is a remnant. There is a percentage that will stand firm and choose God and turn away from sin. And that remnant will be used and God will faithfully save them and rescue them and redeem them. And this is the third time that Amos calls the people to give attention to God's word and to heed his warning. And how we treat God's word is how we treat God. Do we do we cherish spending time with God, consuming his word? And, and how we treat other people is also a reflection of how we treat God and how we respect God and our fear and awe of God and who he is. His glory and his light and his love should shine through our lives. In the northern kingdom of Israel, as Amos is speaking to them in many of these verses, Assyria was coming. Assyria, the army was coming to invade and destroy the kingdom of Israel. And he's giving them warning if they would come back to God, if they would choose Christ, they would live and they would have victory. But if they continue to choose sin, they would be left with their sin. God would let them have their sin. And when God lets us have our evil, selfish ways, that is the worst judgment when, when we are left in our own decisions, in our choices, which are the opposite of God. And then judgment comes and we're abandoned to our fate because we have abandoned God. We have chosen to turn away from God. And the 10 tribes of the northern Israel, when Assyria came and destroyed the northern northern Israel territory, they were lost. And 
to this day, no one but God knows where the 12 tribes are. God does know, though, and the prophets all speak of a time of reunion, a time of restoration, a time of gathering, and God will gather the nations together and it will be restored. And there will be a, a, a millennium period where he will bring his kingdom together and it will be restored and redeemed and glorious. And if we choose Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are a part of that coming kingdom. We are grafted in to the kingdom of God through the blood of Jesus. And with that, we'll continue on to verse four. Now, this is what the Lord says to the family of Israel. Come back to me and live. Don't worship at the pagan altars at Bethel. Don't go to the shrines in Gilgal or to Beersheba. For the people of Gilgal will be dragged off into exile, and the people of Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Come back to the Lord and live. Otherwise, he will roar through Israel like a fire, devouring you completely. Your gods in Bethel won't be able to quench the, the flames. So they're worshiping these, these false gods that they think can, can save them. In Seek the Lord is found more than over... 30 times throughout scripture, seek the Lord and find him. And to seek the Lord means to change our thinking and abandon vain thoughts that and selfish thoughts and desires of our human flesh that direct our lives away from God, but to be obedient and humble ourselves to God instead. And disobedient people who turn their lives away from God are thinking wrongly about God's sin in, the, in life. They think it's just fine. Like nothing bad's going to happen. What's there to lose? But you have everything to lose. You have eternity and eternity is forever. And when we return to the Lord, we also change directions. We turn around and we start moving in the right directions. We, we run from sin abandon any selfish desires that are against God's will and turn to God for mercy and forgiveness and grace. And we, we, the more we seek after God and see him and realize the glory of God and who he is, the more gross sin looks in our lives. And we never want to have anything to do with sin again. And we repent and we cry out for mercy and we seek God to cleanse us and restore us and heal us and redeem him. And he does redeem us. And he does because he loves us so much. And it doesn't mean that we simply run to God for help when we get in trouble, it, even though he will, because he's God and he's so merciful and so gracious and loves us so much. It means that we we despise sin and we want nothing to do with it. And we, we run away from it with all of our guts and we turn from it and we seek intimacy with God and his cleansing. And if we do blow it, we get back up and we run away from it. We repent and say, I'm sorry. I want to keep running faithfully forward with you, Lord. And with that, we'll continue um, into verse seven. You twist justice, making it a bitter pill for the oppressed. You treat the righteous like dirt. It is the Lord who created the stars, the Pleiades and Orion. He turns darkness into morning and day into night. He draws up water from the oceans and pours it down as rain on the land. The Lord is his name. With bl blinding speed and power, he destroys the strong, crushing all their defenses. How you hate honest judges. How you despise people who tell the truth. You trample the poor, stealing their grain through taxes and unfair rent. Therefore, though you build beautiful stone houses, you will never live in them. Though you plant lush vineyards, you will never drink wine from them. For I know the vast number of your sins and the depths of your rebellion. You oppress good people by taking bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. 
So those who are smart, keeping their mouths shut, for it is an evil time. Oh, sorry. So those who are smart, keep their mouths shut, for it is an evil time. Do what is good and run from evil so that you may live. Then the Lord God of heaven's armies will be your helper, just as you have claimed. Hate evil and love what is good. Turn your courts into true halls of justice. Perhaps even yet the Lord God of heaven's armies will have mercy on the remnant of his people. There will be crying in all the public squares and mourning in every street. Call for the farmers to weep with you and summon professional mourners to wail. There will be wailing in every vineyard, for I will destroy them all, says the Lord. So he says, why Why should we seek the Lord? And so we can have life eternally with him so we can have cleansing and redemption and so he can be we can be gathered up into his eternal kingdom and so we can have a life full of victory as we walk out our days here on on earth and there is no other way to like we said to experience spiritual blessing of god other than to repent and apply his blood to our lives and we can't go home with a blessing in our baggage. We need to leave our baggage, let go of it. Don't get stuck in our sin, run away from it, leave it there and move on and walk out the victorious life that God created you to live. And we we do that by personally meeting with God, letting him heal us and deal with our inner hearts, seek his face, desire nothing but God in our lives. And his judgment is coming, but Obedience comes from the heart out of a pure love for God because we love God so much. We want to do what he wants. We want to do what he says. And we want his will for our lives, nothing of ourselves. And Israel was to repent and turn to God. And it would bring them life. And it would bring them spiritual reality. And it would save them from the impending judgment. They could have avoided all of it if they would return to God. And to seek the Lord, Amos brought the challenges down to practical everyday living, justice, righteousness, and the importance of telling the truth and treating people like human humans should be treated. And the sins needed to be forsaken. They needed to stop accepting bribes, stop charging the poor exorbitant rent, stop living in luxury where poor people starved and died because they didn't have any food, and stop working through a crooked illegal system, taking advantage and oppressing people out of falsehood. And true repentance begins with naming the sins that we have in our lives and laying them down before Jesus and dealing with them one by one. Jesus, we are not saved by anything we do. We are saved by applying the blood of Jesus to our lives. We are redeemed. We are rescued. We are in his hands. But he carries our hearts through a process of sanctification. We are com- we are continually made more and more like Jesus as we continue our walk in him. And he reminds us of his greatness. And he is a God who created the heavens and the Pleiades and the Orion. He created the earth. He is in control of the seasons. He's in control of the rain. He's in control of the daily motions of the earth. He is the Lord of the heavens and the seas and the land. And the the pagan Gentiles, they worshipped these false idols that could do nothing for them. But God is a living and true God, and he can do everything for us for eternity. And in the light of holiness of God, that is the terms of his holy covenant. In the people of Israel and us today, we should be on our faces before God, calling up for mercy, calling up for his victory. And instead, they were just comfortable living in their comfortable luxury lives and living in sin, much like a lot of America does today, I'm afraid, is is 
the facts. And instead of living in that comfort of sin and just letting sin go, like it's no big deal. We need to be on our faces and seeking to be more and more like Christ, falling more and more in love with Jesus. And if we blow it, like I said, we just continue to fall faithfully forward in him and let him cleanse us, let him refresh us and let his light be shined through our lives to the world around us that is dark and evil in that light of, of Christ can, can shine through us to others around us. And we can love people, love God and love people and people that exploit other people will think, well, that's weird, but no, that's God. He will judge evil and evil and sin will be dealt with and consequences will be paid. But if we live our life chasing after Jesus, we are seen as righteous. We are seen as innocent and God always keeps his promises either to bless those who obey him or pour out judgment on those who rebel and desire nothing but sin. And that brings us to verse 18. What sorrow awaits you who say, if only the day of the Lord were here, you have no idea what you are wishing for. That day will bring darkness, not light. In that day, you'll be like a man who runs from a lion only to meet a bear. Escaping from the bear, he leans his hand against a wall in his house and he's bitten by a snake. Yes, the day of the Lord will be dark and hopeless without a ray of joy or hope. I hate all your show and pretense, the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and the solemn assemblies. I will not accept your burnt offerings and grain offerings. I won't even notice all your choice peace offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice in an endless river of righteous living. Was it to me you were bringing sacrifice and offerings during the 40 years in the wilderness, Israel? No, you served your pagan god, Sekuth, and your king god, and Kaiwan, your star god, the images you made for yourselves. So I will send you into exile to a land east of Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of Heaven's armies. In they were arrogant and they were self-confident and they were following their own selfish ways and they were doing what they wanted to do instead of obeying God in his terms, in his covenant, in his relationship, in his desire for intimacy which with each and every one. And they were offering God lip service without any heart, but God knows our hearts. Religion without righteousness and, and justice in the land is hypocrisy. And no matter how many people attend religious meetings, if there's no obedience to God and no change of heart, no concern for our neighbors, no concern for people, no more and more falling more and more in love with God, then the meetings are just pointless. It's nothing but a failure. We claim to love God, but God commands you who love the Lord should hate evil. And seeking good means rejecting evil and not being ashamed to take our stand against what is wrong. We, we don't comply with, with evil and sinfulness. We stand firm and say, no, I am not doing that because I am the child of the most high living God. I refuse to fall into sin. And we do blow it. We are not perfect. We do sin. And that's why we need Jesus so desperately. Every single one of us, no one is perfect except for Jesus. And he died for us so we could be seen as perfect and take his place before God. And he took the punishment we deserved for us. And disaster was coming to Israel, but... If they would have turned to him and if they would have repented, 
they would have avoided all that disaster. And he is seeking us to be wall builders, intercessors, pleading with, with him to send revival to our nations, loving on the people around us. Be the active church. Be the active voice of God, loving God and loving people with all of our gar- guts for every single second that we are here on earth. Thanks, y'all. I hope we're having a most wonderful day.